was induced and I wasn't successful. Um, so <laughs> tonight, tonight, Mark chapter 16 is where we are. Um, I have found it such a great honor, such a great joy in slowing down and just digesting and taking in the Word of God. And uh, I find, uh, I love to preach. I find great pleasure more so now in just teaching. And I thank God that he has blessed uh, Summer and myself uh, with just, a, a, a tr he has blessed us tremendously. But in Mark chapter 16, we've went through everything. I mean, like everything in Mark, and I probably need to get there. I'm in Malachi, and that is nowhere even close to Mark. But uh, y'all don't want to, we can read about the tithes into the storehouse, but we won't, uh, we won't do that tonight. But so we're going to pick up in verse 15 of Mark uh, chapter 16, and I'm going to read through 20, and then we'll go back, obviously, and hit those. But talking about, this is really the introduction of the Great Commission. And uh, said, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. <coughs> and before we read on, <coughs> it's pretty evident that uh, every means every. I mean, would we agree with that tonight? There's no stipulation. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them who believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink deadly things, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. I find it uh, just the Lord's timing, as always, uh, because we have been bombarded. I don't, want to, I don't want it to sound that way in a bad way, but with needs, prayer. People need prayer. Uh, people need the Lord. And us who know him personally, uh, that is the greatest thing in your life that you could ever possess. But people need the Lord, and people need, and they have desires in their life, and they don't know where to turn or where to go to. Even if they don't really know the Lord personally, they do know that they should call on Him. And if they don't feel comfortable calling on Him, they're going to call you and ask you to call on them on their behalf. And you should be glad and honored to do so. But most importantly, we know that that decision needs to be made to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. But we have a great privilege. It's not a burden. It's not a duty. It's not, uh, it's not weighty. It's a privilege and an honor to preach the gospel. And when we say preach, when I say preach, I'm not necessarily talking about standing right here. You as a believer, me as a believer, yes, I'm the pastor. You say, well, that's your job. No, my job... Is this, this is my call. My job is just to be a, a great husband and a, a terrific dad, even if it's a five children and uh, a, a now a grandpa to be a good one. But um, my, my privilege, I don't, it's, not a, it's a call in life, but it's, so is it a call on your life. Where, where are you getting this? We're, we're going to hit all this in just, in just a second. But in verse 15, we, we, he just gives that, and, and tonight, if you're into titles, all that thing, it's real simple, go. And uh, Ron was going to have a little trouble spelling that, but I said, it's, it's easy, just G-O, just go, let's, let's just go. Uh, he said to go into all the world, to preach to every creature. So, if we understand the privilege that we have, and we understand the, the uh, commission, or, or whatever you want to call that there, we, the command to, to go, then we understand that we have, you and I as believers, have a responsibility. Well, people, well, he's talking to the disciples. No, the word is for everybody. The word's for everyone, for all time, for everybody. So if the believer, any believer, uh, will begin to seek the Lord in their own personal life, uh, they will understand what they are to go and do. We have a, there's a general call and then there's a specific call, but the general call is what we're hitting right now, and that's to go to preach, to teach, to share the gospel. And, and we, we've been challenged over and over from more of you Mondays back in the back, 
uh, to Wednesday night services, to Sundays, uh, to go, to preach, to witness, to share the gospel with, with whomever, wherever, and whenever. So that gos- the gospel of Christ, it's not, people say it's a Western gospel. It's not a Western gospel. It's a gospel for everybody. For everybody. Everywhere. I, I get to, I have the privilege to coming up, and I haven't decided the date yet, but in September I'll be pre- preaching a, a conference in, in a, um, Queensland, Australia. I'm not going there, but it's, it's through Zoom because they're still locked down, but, but the gospel's for everywhere, for everybody. We've been given invitations to, to Pakistan and to Africa and all of those places, and, and uh, it's got to be the Lord to say, go there, but we, we will preach the gospel if it's through Zoom or wherever, but take it to everybody because everybody needs this. It's life-changing. It's, we, we take, people in the United States takes everything for granted, and we'll, we'll drive and we'll, we'll sit down, we'll, we'll get on 16 and we'll spend three hours in traffic on a two-lane road to, to get to Dunkin' Donut, or I don't even like coffee, but to, I go through there in the morning sometimes, I'm like, why are you lined up in the, don't you have a coffee maker at your house? I mean, we'll, we'll do that. But, but we have a problem when it, when it rains or when, it, when it's really sunny or when it's whatever. We have a problem sometimes getting ourselves to a place of worship to, to gather with like-minded believers to... Listen, it's not about checking the attendance box. It's about gathering yourself together to come together in agreement and to, to one, to worship, but to two, edify one another. So it's a gospel for everybody. And he said to them... It, and it, this, this constitutes the introduction of the Great Commission. That go ye into all the world, it tells us a few things. One is to go. I, I love it how uh, uh, Sister Gunner's son, Matt, uh, uh, he, 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 we were talking one day and he asked a lot of questions uh, to a lot, he asked a lot of questions, but he asked a lot of questions to a lot of people. But he was... I guess, surveying a lot of ministers, and he was asking this question, what are you guys doing for outreach? And they were talking about planning for this and planning for He said, I'm not talking, what are you doing? Not what are you planning, what are you doing right now? So in a nutshell, it was a lot of talk and no action. And, and, and he said it this way, the Bible instructs us, and I'll give credit where it's due, to go and tell, it's not show and tell. You're... I, at my school, when I grew up, we had show and tell. Did you ever have that show and tell? I like, we grew up poor, so we didn't have nothing to really show. I actually took an avocado. <laughs> it's like, I mean, these kids had like cool stuff, and I had an avocado. I was like, and I couldn't even remember the name of it. They was like, what? I was like, this is this big green thing. But the cool thing is the seed's huge. And I couldn't tell them anything about it, but there's my show and tell catastrophe in life. But that's not what this gospel is. We, we think if we build it, they'll come, right? And, and it's true in a sense because whenever a new facility, a new church is built, a lot of people will come just to check it out. And that's okay. I, I got all that. But, but what happens when the newness wears off? For a lot of folks, it's like the new restaurant. Well, I've been there. I've tried that. I've done it. And it's okay. It's just mediocre. But that, and, and, and hear me clear, I'm not comparing. But, but the little hole-in-the-wall restaurant... That's good. It's good every time you go. It ain't never changed. It's nothing really fancy. It's not all decorated and all crazy, but it is just good. And you know what you're going to get when you go. You go there, and it's crowded every single time. This is how the, the, the church should be operating, because what you should be feeding is this, the Word of God. I'm not bringing you hors d'oeuvres, and I'm not bringing you uh, anything. I'm bringing you the truth. The Word of God, which will feed your soul, and I can promise you, you may not see all the glitz and glamour, and, and we may not have all the, the high-tech, everything that a lot of folks do, and that's okay. I'm glad they got it. Praise God for that. But I'm called to preach the gospel. We're called to feed the Word, and we're going to feed it to you, and, and you're going to get it, and, and if you eat it and you take of the Word, then great for you, but if you don't, it's on you. It's not on me. And, and you have this responsibility as well, and we're going to hit this in a moment. I, I, I'm kind of glad we didn't sing tonight because I can get, maybe get through this. So go in all the world, and, and again, it tells us several things to go. Uh, someone has, has pointed out that two-thirds of the word or the name God is go. Go. 
If you're a member of the, the Denver Town Talk community, that's really just the Denver, Denver Complaining Committee, um, <laughs> I've, I've found myself down there at the 73 in the free-flowing right lane hollering at people, Go! What are you doing? Go! And uh, so I was telling if you could find a picture of that and just put go right there, it would be terrific. But, but this is really what the Lord is saying to us. Go! What are you waiting on? Well, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. We want to be prepared. We want to be ready. And I, I got all that. We want, to, we want to know what to say. Well, the Bible tells us, back in Psalm, if we'll open our mouth wide, he'll fill it. Uh, but if we put it in, he'll pull it out. So if we're, if we're trusting the Lord as we say we trust him, and he is our Lord and Savior as we say he is, and we're praying and seeking the guidance of the Holy Spirit, then we'll go, and when we run into somebody, wherever it may be, whatever the conversation, however it may strike up, oh, I like your shoes, that's great too, then it just turns into talking about Jesus. However that happens, it just happens. And then you find yourself, and you've left the conversation, you're like, what just happened? Literally, pumping gas, putting gas in a lawnmower, just sitting there talking. The dude's like, hey, well, well, I don't even know what he's asking me. Something about a lawnmower. I was like, I don't know. It's green and it cuts grass. That's really all I know about it. Uh, oh, man, it don't do. I was like, I don't, really, I don't know. Then all of a sudden it turned into, if, you, if the Lord would come back today, would you go to heaven? Yes, brother, I would. Thank you for asking. How about you? And then we started talking about Jesus, and, and, and uh, people were lined up, so we had to move and talk about him in the other side of the parking lot. But... It's amazing when the Lord orchestrates and how he orchestrates things. And even tonight here, you're here, you're watching, or you will watch. It's not by coincidence. It's by the drawing of the Holy Spirit for a specific reason. He has something for you designed specifically, tailor-made for you tonight. Tailor-made for me tonight. Thank God I need his strength. I need his I need his power. I need everything he has every single day of the week. So we go and we, we tell and we, we, we take the gospel as far as we can. So if we consider that we have a, a privilege to take the gospel, to share the gospel, to preach the gospel, and if we consider this, that I play a part in this great commission, and if my role is not fulfilled, then I have, I have left a part of it incomplete. And people will say, well, God's God, and he can do what he wants to do, and he will do what he wants to do, and if you don't do it, then somebody else will. Well, let's, let's, let's back up and let's look. If he saved you to send you, and you didn't go, then somebody that was there, uh, and, and he orchestrated for you to run into, and you didn't do your part, then if we, if we want to really look back, and we take it all the way back to Ezekiel, he told the, the watchman if they didn't sound the alarm, the blood was on the watchman's hands. But if he did sound the alarm and they didn't heed to it, then, then you know what, whatever, the blood's on your own hands. So we have, you have, I have, every single believer has a, a role and a, a privilege in the part of the body of Christ. All of us. Today I was riding back from Monroe and I seen the, the cell tower tree and obviously it's not a tree. And, and I was, I mean, I, sarcasm is my first language if you know me. Uh, some people, they just don't really get that. And I think it's that, to me that's even more funny because then I just really have fun with it. But I was literally about to take a picture and say I was today years old when I found out this wasn't a real tree. But then I was like, you know, I'm not going to do that. But I began to look at this thing, and, and instantly the Holy Spirit just dropped this in my, my spirit and said, this is how you as a believer should stand out. This is how different you are. Your salvation should tell on you. And then on the flip side of that, and I didn't put this in the post, but on the flip side of that, this is how silly, obviously it's not a tree. It's a ginormous metal pole with stuff on it. Whatever they do with that, I, don't, I guess it's a cell tower. I don't know. I don't really care what they do. Uh, I'm not the whole conspiracy theory people. We're all going to die of 5G and all that stuff. I don't, whatever. But it's obviously not a tree. And, and, and it's got fake branches and all that stuff in it. And, it and, and birds may, I don't know if they nest on there or not. But anyway, this is how silly we look to the Lord when we're trying to hide and cover up our junk. <laughs> hey, I'm a tree. You're not a tree. <laughs> I mean, think about this. But, but, but when you go, 
And when you preach, you don't, you don't have to wear a shirt to say, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'll stay still. I'm sorry, Israel. I forgot we're short-handed tonight. I won't, I won't run. But when, we're, when, we, when, we, when we go and we take the gospel, and when I say I'm not talking about yelling and screaming, and, and I, I try to stay calm, and I just get it. I'm an excited person, but when we go, we don't have to say, hey, uh, I've never met Vicky in my life. Hey, Vicky, I'm a preacher. I don't have to say that. We just, they, people know. You ever met somebody you never met in your whole entire life, and you just your spirit bears witness, and you're like, man, Guys, this lady's a believer. You just, you just know. And and we've met people all over the country, literally all over the country, just striking up a conversation in a restaurant or whatever. And I just know because your spirit bears witness, and you begin to talk about the goodness of God. So when you go, don't be afraid. Trust Him and trust that He will speak to you, not only to you but through you. So if we understand again this 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 commission in our life then we'll understand Romans uh, 10, 14 through 17. It says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him um, whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Well, that's your job, Jay. All of our, that's all of our uh, uh, privileges. And how shall they preach except they be sent? Who sent them? Jesus said, go. <laughs> when he saved you, he saved you to send you. How shall they uh, preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them who preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith the Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We like to, a lot of times, we like to just go and tell our testimony. Well, a lot of times that can be just going and telling, of, 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 and, and there's nothing wrong with that because the word does say, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, but, but they need to hear the word of God. Let your testimony be full of the word of God. Let them hear, let them hear what the Lord has done in your life Back with the scripture, with the word of God, because faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when they hear the truth, then they're responsible for what they do with it. Have you ever met anybody who's arrogant in their humility? You ever, have you? I'm thinking, boy, that is such an uh, oxymoron life. Like, that's the only thing I ever remember from school, because I just, I was like, I get to say moron in school. And, uh, but they, they're so proud of their humbleness. And I think, I, and I, I, I spoke to someone before, and I said, I, I think that maybe you're not really understanding the humbleness side of it. Because when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, when Christ gets a hold of you, and, and we can go all the way back to when Jesus called the disciples, and he said to, to deny ourselves and to take up our cross and follow him, so we have to understand that he, and he, and he said to, to take up his yoke and to, to learn of him because he is meek and lowly in heart. So we've got to understand that, that we are humble, humble because of Christ. And we are to take on that Philippians 2 mindset to be that, uh, that mindset of a servant. So to serve what? To serve the gospel. To serve them Jesus. I just thought about when I was riding home again, I do a lot of thinking and my mind never stops, ever and, and, and it, it's a gazillion miles an hour, and, and I, I just, it drives me crazy sometimes. But I, I was thinking about, man, we only have like three and a half years until everybody starts spewing venom again. Really, it's not even that long, probably a year and a half, because elections are coming again. And everybody's going to be hating everybody. And everybody's going to be blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what you need to be doing? You need to be praying right now, and you need to be taking the gospel. And, 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 and when midterm elections come, when the presidential race comes, again, you, don't need, you need to be preaching the gospel. You need to be giving them Jesus because I want to tell you something. The only thing that will change anybody is Jesus Christ. Period. Man, I'm still on verse 15. Um, give them Jesus. Preach the gospel. Go. Take it. 
So when we, when, we, when we understand this, we understand what Jesus said in Luke 10, verse 2. He said, the harvest is truly great. It's great. The harvest is truly great. They're, 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 it's plentiful, but, but the laborers, they're few. The laborers are few. Why? Because nobody wants to do anything. We all want, 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 want. It's a gimme world. I, I read someone's post, and I won't mention the name, but it's someone whom I know very well, and they were talking about, and I was very proud of this individual. Go get yourself a job and enjoy the money that you work hard for. And someone uh, replied, I'm just going to sit here and collect my money. And, and, and this is the mindset of a lot of folks who say they're believers, and I'm not, talking, I'm not getting off on that kick, but we want to come and we want to get all that God has when we've never laid anything down at His feet. When you begin to seek the face of the Lord and you seek Him for His goodness and for who He is because He's omnipotent and He's omniscient and He's the healer and He's the deliverer and He's the baptizer and He's soon to return and you just seek Him for because He is great and He's mighty and He's holy and He's worthy instead of everything that He can do. Then everything in your life begins to change and you'll go tell somebody when you meet them, hey, let me tell you about this man that changed my life. I spoke to a young man yesterday and he called me and said, I don't know what to do. My, my one side of my family is almost telling me I'm, I'm cultish-like because they've noticed the 180-degree turn in my life. I said, man, you all be shouting. He said, they just, they said, all you talk about is Jesus. He said, man, all I have to talk about now is Jesus because I understand what it is to be free. I understand what it is to be redeemed and not lay my head down at night and worry about tomorrow. Regardless of what comes, regardless of what happens. So he, he, I was encouraging him and I said, plant and water. Every time you get a chance, if they receive it or not, that's not on you. But you planted and you watered. Just keep doing it. So why is it necessary for us to, to pray for the, to, for the will of the Lord in our lives? Why is it necessary for, for us in the morning or at night when we, when we go to bed or, or whatever, whatever it is, why is it necessary for us to say, Lord, what will you have me do today? Because, if again, going back to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when, when he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. If Jesus had to pray for the will of the Father to be done, don't you think you and me ought to be praying for that as well? Today, tomorrow. What is tomorrow? Today's Wednesday. Obviously, hello. It's been, it's been a week. Y'all just don't know. It's been a week. What will you have me do tomorrow, Lord? Lord, I know right now that you're orchestrating my day, and, and I don't even really understand and know who I'm going to run into, but Lord, enlighten the eyes of my understanding when I read your word, but also enlighten my senses and, and spiritually, Lord, illuminate the past so that I can see who is before me, not, not who I think they are, but I can see them as a soul that needs Jesus. Why we always want to look at externals. I'll go talk to this. This, this lady looks really nice and looks like she would be very receptive. I'll go talk to her. But then I see somebody like Israel. I'm like, hmm. I'm just honestly. Or I get crazy looks because I'm bald and got a beard. And I don't, I don't know why. I, I just, but people don't, they talk to me different now. I mean, I, I don't really. I mean, I know this is, this is very intimidating. I know. But, uh, I don't understand it. If the gospel, if the commission is to go and preach the gospel to every creature, every person, I don't care what they look like, and I don't care what color they are, and I don't care what kind of background or lack of background that they have, or what kind of education they have, or how many letters they have after their name, or what neighborhood they live in, or which bank they bank at, or what kind of car they drive, or what their shoes look like. All I know is that I got something you need. Regardless if you're rich and could buy all the land in Lincoln County, or if you couldn't have a piece of dirt under a bridge, it don't make no difference because the same Jesus that died for me died for them too. And you and I have a privilege to share it. Harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. 
When I worked construction, and, 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 and that's my background, if you didn't know it, now you do. Clay, you worked construction. Nobody wanted to be a laborer. Why? You got to do all the junk. You got you to gotta go get the tools, and you got to clean up after the people, and you got to go get them the, the saw that they forgot. You got to go grab them nails because they didn't have enough, and sweep up their mess, and clean up their stuff, and shovel mud, and sweep, and and all this stuff, and you're the bottom of the totem pole. And all you wanted was to be, I just want to be a carpenter's helper, and then you get to be a carpenter's helper, and that's exactly what you're doing, is helping the carpenter. You're just a laborer with a different name. And then you just want to be a carpenter, and, and all of a sudden now you're a carpenter, and you're working four times as hard as you did when you were a laborer, and you're still a laborer with a different name. And then you work your way up, and you become a foreman, and then a superintendent. I was a superintendent. I was just a laborer who had a different title. And I don't care what title you have in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ. If you're a, a greeter, if you're a bulletin preparer, if you take the copy of the calendar and, and make it so all can read it legibly instead of my chicken scratch, or if you, if you run the camera, or if you stand behind this pulpit, we all are laborers for the kingdom of God. It makes no difference. It makes no difference. So we have to understand that, that many believers have this, this, this crazy idea that the Lord, uh, being the Lord, is able to do all things and He'll get His work done whether I share or not. That is correct, but also the Lord has a part for everybody to play. And that part, whatever it is, it was decided in, in heaven and the, the high counsels of God. And whatever that part is, you have this privilege to carry it out, what God has called you to do or prepared for you. And, and, and if you don't, that part remains undone. Because it was for you. How beautiful, how glorious, and how grand to think that God, the creator of it all, has something just for me to do. Just for me. I, everybody wants to be something until they're there and they figure out, this really isn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> There's a lot of folks who want to be a pastor, and, and when you get there, you're like, Lord, you couldn't have just called me to just call people or something? So this is, the, this is what the Lord was speaking of, really, when he gave the parable of the, of the talents in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. I didn't give you those scriptures. I'm giving the reference so that you can read that. But tragically, most believers don't only, not only do they not do their part, most have no idea what their part is. I was thinking about this today. When we would frame a, a stairs or a roof or whatever it may be, and whenever you buy some lumber, Jason, Jason's just built onto the, to the Hannah Estate compound down there with the, with the big sprawling deck, and it's been over time. He didn't, he didn't win the lottery. It's just been over time. It's an investment. But, but when he went to Lowe's and he bought lumber before it went through the roof, and thank God you did it when you did, uh, but when he bought this lumber, he bought, let's say, 12-foot material. Well, his deck is 11 foot 4 and 3 quarters of an inch. He could have took this 12-foot 2 by 8 and said, my gosh, this thing just won't fit. Well, guess what had to happen? A little bit of trimming had to be done. A little bit of measuring had to be done. And it had to be cut to length to fit just right. Guess what happens when you come into the kingdom of God? He understands that you have some trimming that needs to be done. And you have some pruning and purging that needs to take place in your life. If you read John chapter 15, you understand that he is the vine and we are the branches. He's also the vine dresser. And he dresses the vine. Why? To not kill us, not to hurt us, not to embarrass us but to make us more fruitful. So when we understand that he plays the awesome, awesome role and has the awesome privilege to make me fit into the body where I belong, then I quit asking people. Where do I fit, Sonny? If you don't fit into the body of Christ, a lot of times it's because you don't want to. And a lot of times it's because you haven't got to fit in where you think you should fit in. I want to be the ridge beam. You know what the ridge beam is? That's what holds the rafters up. That's, I want to be the ridge beam. I want to be the top of the roof. I want to be up here. No. Lord, just let me be a part of the foundation. I don't care. I, I just want to be a part of the body. 
Wherever it is you want me, whatever it is you want me to do, I want to be right there. And what you'll find, Sister Gunner, you could probably attest to this, what you'll find over time is people say, I'll do anything, but when you ask them to do anything, uh, you got something else I can do? We want to we find out where we fit, so we go and we, we sit and we talk to Vicky and we, we brainstorm and, and we come up with these ideas, and instead of seeking the Lord... And asking him, Lord, what will you have me to do? Can I give you a very, 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 I'm not saying I'm wise, but I'm going to give you a wise piece of advice. Please don't take a test to find out what your spiritual gifts are. Because you're asking a man. And a man ain't got no idea. When you begin to ask the Lord, what will you have me do? Where will you have me go? What will you have me sing? What will you have me to say? Lord, how will you have me to greet the people? Lord, what will you have me to preach tomorrow? Lord, what do you want me to teach them? Lord, what Bible study are me and my wife going to do next? Lord, where do you want us to go? And you begin to seek him and his wisdom and his counsel. I can promise you wherever it is will be exactly where it needs to be and it will be perfect. Perfect. When, when, when I used to walk around and I would do all these framing checks and I would see these framers who were, who were our, our, our grade A framers. Everything was tight and it was cut. It was tight and it was right. That's what we would say. It's tight and right, brother. You ain't got to worry about me. It's all good. And then I would go to this guy who wanted to frame our custom homes and he couldn't cut a bird's mouth. You don't know what a bird's mouth is. It's in a rafter which makes it set on the top plate which holds it and supports it. And he couldn't cut one to save his life and he had almost cut through the whole rafter. And I said, brother, this looks like garbage. I can't put a, I can't, if you can't learn to do it for $2 a foot, I sure ain't going to put you on something that's going to give you $10 a foot. You got to learn and you got to grow and you got to do everything with excellency. I, I preached a long time ago on doing things with a spirit of excellency. Because that's what Christ has called us to do. And that's to preach this gospel the same way. To share the gospel the same way. And I find it very disturbing when we don't even have the gall to mention the goodness of God in our daily conversations. But yet we want all he has. So stop asking man, quit taking tasks and, quit and start seeking the Lord. Only... The uh, only thing that matters in life is not where you live, not what you've accomplished, not how many trophies or accolades you won, or how many home run balls you got. Jim, we got another one, or game ball, whatever. None of that matters. What matters in the end is what have you done with Jesus? What have you done for Christ? That's what matters. That's all that matters. Nothing else. Because in the grand scheme of things, all this stuff goes away. Everything. They called my grandpa Catfish Collins. He had a two-car garage, and you didn't go in there without him. If you did, you'd get beat to death. Almost. <laughs> he wouldn't kill you because he loved us, but he would make sure you knew not to go in there again. But across the top of his garage was fishing rods everywhere. And I always wanted to go in there. I just wanted to get a rod. I just, I just want a rod, Grandpa. Just one. Son, you don't even know how to use this thing. I just, just one, Grandpa. Well, when my grandpa died... Guess what was still on top of the garage? All these fishing rods and all these clocks he collected over the years and all of this stuff. And, 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 and my aunts and uncles and, and my ginormous family, they all divvied it up and, and whatever, and that's fine. But all of this stuff he didn't take with him, and that wasn't what was important to him. He was a preacher, a minister of the gospel. That was the important thing in his life. But I want to tell you, none of this stuff that we're working so hard for right now matters. I'm going to hit this real fast, and I'm, I'm going to go somewhere. But we put all the pressure on these kids coming up that you've got to find out what you want to be to make all of this money, to get all of these things. And in all of this time that you spent searching and seeking and, and gathering and accumulating all of this stuff, and what could you have done with some of that time if you would have put that much effort and energy and focus into sharing the gospel? Well, the gospel won't make you rich. Oh, yes, it will. Not financially. Hear me. But I am blessed beyond measure. I got less money in my bank account at 44 than I did when I was 24. And I'm as happy as I can be. And some people will say, well, that's foolish, Jason. Well, that's called life. 
And I am, I'm not telling you to be, if you're blessed financially, thank God for that. That's fantastic. I'm not telling you you need to be poor to be saved. Not, that's, not, that's not where I'm going. But I'm telling you, the Lord will supply everything you need. I have never lacked for one thing since 2017. What was that? That was the, that was the, the, the last day of 2017 when I said I was coming full-time here. I've never lacked for one thing. Ever. Look, look at me. <laughs> because God is faithful. If you'll go, you'll share, and you'll, you'll do what he's telling you to do. So here we go. What are we doing the gospel? It's the good news. It's the only good news. And in fact, it's the only thing good that people could ever hear. Ever. The, the, the true word of God, and, 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 it's, and it's, it's taught and spoken about, and it's, it's shared under the true anointing of the Holy Spirit, then guess what happens? It sets the captive free. You remember the day you said yes to Jesus? And, and you, I, I'm going to tell you right now, how many of you know what the preacher preached on that day? Well, praise God for you, Liz. Got the mind of an elephant. All I knew was the whole time, I felt like I was going to throw up. And if I didn't get down to that altar, I was going to die. Because the anointed word of God was preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it changed my life forever. And you have the same privilege to do it every single day. Since the beginning of this year, I, somewhere around 50 people have come to know the Lord. Fantastic. 950 more to go. But how? By, by the word of God. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have it myself. I got nothing to offer. But in Christ, I got everything to offer. I got everything to offer. So, so we don't compromise. We don't water down the gospel. Because if we do that, then it brings nothing to the table. That's like eating cereal with 2% milk. That's just, whew. I just can't handle that. I'll just pour water in a bowl. Or that would be like eating Vicky's pound cake with, with, without milk. That would be... If, if, if you hadn't had Vicky's pound cake, she'll sell you one for 50 bucks. No, she won't. This fantastic. But anyway, uh, is it, well, I don't even know if it's a pound cake. It's a, it looks like, a, I say pound cake because of the cake weight shape, but I don't, it's, it's just good. That's all I know. It's good. But anyway, we don't water it down, but, but, but here's what happens. Most preaching today, most communicating, most communicators of the quote-unquote so-called gospel today, it's, it's a feel-good, watered-down message. I'm not here to, to, to tear people apart. That's not, I'm, I'm not. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a boost in your, your morale. It's a, it's a, a pick-me-up. It's a, it's a feel-good gospel, and, and it makes me feel good about me. And, and by golly, I want to conquer the world for Jesus. But if you go out unequipped and you go out not knowing what you're going to face, I can tell you, you can go out with all the zeal you want and you can run out just like a, a calf let out of the chute. But when life hits you in the face, you're gonna be like, dear Lord Jesus. But when you understand that I'm nothing without him, that I am wretched in my own self, and without the operating and power of the Holy Spirit in my life, I'm not going to make it. And I need him every single day just to smile at somebody, just to wave at somebody, or just to talk about the goodness of God. I need him every day to preach the word of God. Paul said it this way, Christ sent me not to 1 Corinthians 1 and 17, Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Woo-wee! Isn't that a, I mean, this is a new revelation right here. This is, <laughs> who would ever thought this? To preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Here we, man, I got like 10 minutes. Ooh. I said I was going to get through with Mark, maybe. We'll see. Anyway, I got to preach it. I got to preach the whole counsel of God. But the whole counsel of God, all of it in totality, points back to the finished work of Christ. It all does. 
When you begin to understand what Christ did at Calvary and what took place at Calvary's cross, then you begin to understand things differently because the eyes of your understanding, is, as Paul would pray for the church of Ephesus, the eyes of your understanding are being enlightened. And now that you understand the ark wasn't just a boat, it was the Savior to mankind. And the, the door that, that was entered in is a representation of Christ. He is the door. He is the way in. And, and, and we ought to understand that we preach the gospel. We preach it not with, with the enticing words or not with the wisdom of words, but we preach it with the anointing and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that the cross of Christ is made of what it should be, that it's not made of no effect. Here we're plainly told that the gospel is the preaching of the cross, and that means that anything else is not really the gospel. And some people find that very offensive. In fact, Paul would go on to say, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he called it another gospel. And we find this very offensive. And I'm not talking about terminology. I'm not talking about how many times you say a phrase. I'm talking about the, the gospel, which is Christ in him crucified. That's the gospel, the message of the cross, if you will. That's the gospel from Genesis to Revelation. And it's not terminology necessarily. And I know that some other folks will get mad about that. And that's okay. You've been mad at me for a long time. I didn't been X'd off your list, so it's okay. But I'm going to tell you something. When we preach the gospel... When we preach Christ in Him crucified, when we preach the simplicity of the gospel, then we strip away all the bells and whistles and we get down to, to brass and tacks, if you will, and we realize something in me still has to change. And I'm offering you something that will change your life forever. And it's not something, His, his name is Jesus. I, I'm, I said I was going to get through this. Ain't no way I'm getting through this because I'm just hitting verse 16. But Mark, Mark 16 is 16. Well, we'll go one more week in Mark. <laughs> and it's okay. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And, and, and I, I want to quickly, I may skim through this quickly, but not talking about baptism in water, Okay. Talking about being baptized into Christ. Romans 6, 3 and 4 says, uh, uh, yeah, Romans 6, 3 and 4 says, Paul would write, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. So this is what we're talking about, being baptized into Christ, baptized into his death, but also raised up so that we should walk in the newness of life, not baptized in water. Baptism in water, we believe in it, we do it, we got one here, it's not very big, but we still have one. Why? Because that's a symbol, a symbol of an outward, outward symbol of an inward change in your life. If it were necessary, as some people believe, teach and preach, for one to be baptized to be saved, then the, then the thief on the cross didn't go to heaven. Because he believed, he said, remember me. If it were necessary for everybody to be, if it were necessary to be baptized, to be saved, then God would have created the world so that it would be uh, very uh, easy to baptize anyone at any time. But there are certain climates in this world, and Antarctica, and, and, and all those, in the, and the deserts, the Sahara Desert. I don't know where you're going to have a baptismal service. Because if you're out riding camels, and, and you just believe in Jesus, and, and you got saved, but, oh well, I'm sorry. You're not going to make it. That, that's, not what, that's not what he's talking about. You have the, the listen, it's a beautiful thing, and we do it. We'll have another one. And I'm not, I'm not diminishing that. I'm, hear, hear me clear. I've been baptized, and, and it's, it's a great, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. But hear me, we don't have to have a shirt that says I'm clean because I was baptized. I was made clean when I was baptized into Christ. Hello, somebody, because now I'm justified. Now I'm counted righteous and holy because of Christ, not Water. 
Baptism into Christ, it takes place at conversion. And again, it has nothing to do with water. It actually refers to being baptized into Christ, which is done by faith in regards to his crucifixion. So we believe what Christ did for us at the cross. He went to the cross for us. Therefore, he paid the penalty for our sins and then was buried. So water baptism, again, is meant to be an outward symbol, serve as a symbol. So if it were, again, fundamental which is not, we, we do, but it's not necessary. You don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. There we go making laws again. There we go taking away the effectiveness of the cross of Christ. When we implement rules, regulations, and check marks that you and I have to do, what you and I have to do is keep our faith anchored and maintained in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Period. So if, if, if water baptism were fundamental uh, for salvation or essential to obedience, then, the, then Paul couldn't have possibly rejoiced that he saved so few or made so few obedient. If you read in 1 Corinthians 1, verses 14 and 17, 14 through 17, not 14 and 17, says, I thank God that I baptized none of you, but, but uh, uh, Crispus and Gaius, or, or Gaius, however you say his name, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Stephanus besides, I know, that, uh, I know not whether I baptized any other. Verse 17 says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So it's, this is not what I come to do. I come to preach to you what will change your life. What we do and what we celebrate is a great symbol of what has already taken place. So you don't have to, but we encourage it. I hope it makes sense to you. So again, if water baptism saves, then all power or all persons so baptized will be saved. That's, that's absurd. Sometimes what proves too much proves nothing at all. Again, a lot of people can't see the forest because of the tree that's in their, in their way. He who believes on me is baptized in me. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 tells us, He who believes on me and is baptized in me shall be saved. And I want to hit this scripture, and I'm going to end with this scripture, and we'll pick back up next week in here. But uh, I, in this 1 Peter 3 and 21, the like figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us, it's not the putting away of, of the, of, or, or, or not the putting away of the, the filth of the flesh, but it's the, the baptism into Christ. This baptism does also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look, pay attention. A lot of people spend all this time saying, right here, they argue this, you've got to be baptized to be saved. Well, the first part of this verse tells us the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Does the like figure, which is Christ, save, or is it the water? It's Christ. It's Christ, period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Water, again, water baptism has never saved a soul. Just like the name on our church sign ain't never saved nobody. But people argue about it. This was a big discussion in one of the ministers' meetings. You've got to have church of God on your sign. Mm, no, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Whatever. Put it on your sign. I don't care. It ain't never saved nobody. I don't care. It's Christ. We need to be giving people Christ. Period. Nothing else. Nothing else matters. So again, in other words, it's the like figure, i.e. baptism into Christ, even as Paul explained back in Romans 6, 3 through 5, it's in Christ that we're saved. It's in Christ. That, read the whole cha first chapter of Ephesians. In Christ, it's through the blood. It's by Him, through Him. The Bible tells us it's, it's in Him, and, 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 and in Him we live and move and have our being in Christ. So when we're, we're doing all these things, and we're, we're going to wind down here, and we'll pick back up next week, but I, wanna, I do want to get into the latter part of the Scripture, verses 17 through, through 20. I want to 
us, not so much talking about taking up snakes and drinking poison and all that nonsense. Uh, we're, we're, we know that. Uh, and if you don't know that, it has nothing to do with snakes or drinking strychnine. It's, it's nothing to that at all. But talking about the signs that follow those who believe, follows the believers. How can you tell if someone actually possesses or they just profess by what follows their life? I mean, I, I could profess to be a weightlifter for my whole entire life. I mean, I know I'm probably fooling all of you guys. But when I actually would be, I would look different. It would be like the picture I took today of the cell tower tree standing out in the forest. When you possess what you profess, signs and wonders will follow the believer. You will lay hands on the sick and they shall be, will be healed. Now listen, let's, let's understand healing doesn't necessarily mean Instantly, it can be, but healing is in the Lord, period. Be it this side or that side of glory. We want instant gratification and instant answers, and God does always work instantly. He can, and most of the, and, 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 and in spiritually speaking, He does work suddenly. He does work instantly when you say yes to Jesus, but sometimes those physical things or whatever they may be in our lives, they sometimes don't happen when we think they should. But nonetheless, he is the healer. So tonight, I, I, I want you to, to uh, uh, stand, and, and, and if you all have anything to play, I, I really didn't even forewarn you. Uh, normally we do a little different, but Jason didn't want to be the first. <laughs> I, I tried to get through, and I, I figured I was not going to after it was 7.30, and I was just on verse 15, but... I don't know, uh, I, I know Wednesday sometimes it's a little, little crazy or whatever, because it's the middle of the week, we're tired, we've been to work, we've been doing this stuff. He's always there. Man, who was that? Um, <laughs> but, but God is the healer. He, he takes care of everything we need. So I, I, I want tonight, and, and, and I know... Uh, I, we did this actually last Wednesday, and I still, man, I believe in the power of prayer. And I believe that there is healing still in the, in, the, in the blood of Jesus Christ. Even at the mention of his name, the Bible tells us that all hell trembles. So do we trust him that he is faithful, he is just, and he is good? And do we trust him at his word, and do we stand on his word? By his stripes we are healed. I don't know if you have a physical or, or mental or whatever need in your life. I don't know what that may be, but if I'm going to ask you something tonight. If there is a need in your life and you desire prayer, we'll gladly pray with you, but we'll also pray for you. And we believe, we believe what the Bible tells us, that if any are sick among you, that you call forth to the elders and bring them forward, and we'll, we'll, we'll lay hands, we'll anoint, we'll all lay hands and believe with you because we believe every single word of this book from Genesis to Revelation, and none of it, none of it's obsolete. <laughs> so I, 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 as they, whatever's playing, if there's a need in your life tonight, if, if, if you desire for us to pray with you, we'll gladly do so. And, and, and a lot of times, and I want to tell some people, sometimes they may think, well, you're kind of standoffish because you don't ask me specific questions. I don't have to know every detail. God already does. He knows what you need. I'm standing in agreement. But tonight, if there's a need in your life, if you want to come, we'll pray with you. If not, uh, we'll pray together. But I'm going to, be, I'm going to just uh, start praying, and, and it's a little different tonight. But I want to start praying. If there's a need in your life, come. We'll gladly pray with you and believe with you. But if not, we'll just all come, uh, just join together as a congregation and, and pray. But Lord, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for the healing power that's in your wings. We thank you for the blood that saves. We thank you, Lord, that you are who you say you are. And Lord, you are the baptizer. You are the healer. And Lord, you are to soon return, Lord, as king. And I just pray tonight for those that have needs in their life that you would touch them. Lord, that if there is a, a, a physical need in, in one's life, that you would move in their behalf, Lord, Father God, that you would, you would begin to, to open up airways for Liz, Father. Lord, that you would 
you would touch this lady's uh, uh, life who has cancer. Lord, that you would, you would heal that, Lord, and you would touch them that need strength, Father God. Lord, those that have children that are sick or maybe waver, Lord, that you would just touch and move in those situations. Lord, that you would just have your way, Father. And I pray that tonight, Lord, that we would experience an outpouring of your Spirit, even here on a Wednesday night, Lord, a little after 8 o'clock, that we would experience you in a way we have not known before. And Father, I just praise you, Lord. Lord, and I pray that you would just move in this midst tonight and just have your way. If we could get some people to come and, and gather around Sister Gunner and just believe with her and pray, and uh, that the Lord would just do whatever it is that needs to be done. You, Lord Jesus. I don't, you know what? Some people may watch and think, well, you guys are crazy or whatever. I, listen, I, I'm telling you right now, in my office, I've showed you before. I may bring them out one day. I, I've showed you the leg braces that was made for Gemma because her legs were so bone, so crooked, they were going to have to literally almost break her legs to straighten them out. But we prayed, we believed, and guess what happened? Her legs are straight, and they, she runs, y'all seen her, she runs everywhere. Noah was, was, was uh, some rare form of leukemia. Guess what? God healed him. Don't tell me God don't heal. Don't tell me God don't work. Don't tell me that he is done. He is not done. And I'm telling you right now, I don't know what you want following you, but I know who follows me, and that's the Holy Spirit. And he leads me. He follows me. And also, not just uh, people, but I want signs to follow us who believe. And I'm telling you, it's time to get back to the basics. It's time to give people Jesus and time to believe his word for what it says because there are people who need him. There are people who need him. I, 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 I tried. I tried hard. Summer, if you're watching, to finish. I just didn't make it. Uh, years ago, I would have hurried through. I about said scurried. Is that, would that have been right? Maybe? I don't know. But I just, I just don't feel the need to rush anything anymore. I'm a grandpa. <laughs> Why rush, right? Uh, but we love you guys. Listen, Sunday we'll, we'll have service. I know a lot of you guys will be gone on vacation. Have the time of your life. All of those who are camping, eat some, cook some biscuits for me, Matt. Uh, have fun. I wish, I wish I could go with you sometime. Maybe, maybe one day I'll be able to. But uh, that would just be, it looks like so much fun, all these campers together and they're glamping or whatever they're doing. But, uh, huh? Yeah, Labor Day is. Yeah, actually, Labor Day is good. We're all going camping together. That's coming. I forgot about that. But we love you guys. Sunday morning, 1030. Please invite somebody. Um, remember, uh, and, and I just want to share a, a, a brief testimony real quick. Uh, I didn't get to go today, but our Yakaville campus did. Uh, they got to serve Unit 626, whom we have been praying for for quite some time. A lot of them are back from deployment. Some of them have not, but they were able to serve them today at the guard and feed them. And Wayne was able to speak to some and, or, or many and pray with them. And God is just moving. It's a continued part of our outreach. And uh, we're believing that not only uh, they, they have sacrificed and served for us to have freedoms, but we know the man who died for their ultimate freedom. So we're believing that not on, Listen, I'm believing one day we all going to walk in here in this whole stuff, I mean, it's going to be filled with camo. People are just going to be like, whatever they do. I don't know. I wasn't in the Army, but uh, you guys were. But I just, I believe that. I believe that. But it was a great time. But we love you guys. Uh, if there's anything else you need that I forgot, uh, tell me tomorrow because my brain is fried. But, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. If you want to give a donation to, uh, to take up for uh, uh, meals for uh, Hope and Noah, uh, see Tammy. 
Sunday, not Sunday, because she won't be here, but you can tonight. Sadie will be here Sunday, but you can give that to them because they're going to need meals. And I can say on, my, on our end, uh, we didn't expect to get that, but thank you guys so much. It did come in tremendous, uh, it was a tremendous help because we didn't have to worry, worry about the kids. We just, hey, just go get whatever you want. Uh, it was a great help to us, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. But anyway, um, Lord willing, you guys may, I ain't going to speak too early, but you may possibly, those who were here Sunday, meet Charlie. Uh, but, but God's good, and uh, we'll see you soon. Be blessed. Whew. Your dwelling.